Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have got a fantastic couple on the line with me today. I said on the line. I'm, I'm, I'm morphing back into live radio there for a minute. This is a podcast. We're recording. We're not live and on, on the line. Forgive me for saying that. We're not going to edit that out either. But I've got a great couple with me on the Intentional Encourager podcast their company, their podcast, Add Value to Life. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see their background, Add Value to Life. They help coach entrepreneurs, leaders to get more value out of their life. We're going to talk about that because value can mean different things to different people. But we're going to get into a lot with Robert and Noel today. Buckle up. You may want to grab a notebook and take some notes. It is an honor to have Robert and Noel Peterson on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Robert, Noel, how are you today? Well, Brian, thank you. Absolutely. We are doing well. We're uh, we're trying to stay warm, buckling up. We're supposed to get five inches of snow tomorrow. So, you know, today's today's our last day of cold sunshine. Well, listen, be grateful you don't live in West Virginia. We're in a little bit of a cold snap right now as we record this. I'm sure there are hillbillies that are lighting fires in their living room. <laughs> and I and I and and you know they they probably the worst thing that could have happened to West Virginians was those portable fire pits. You ever see you see those portable fire pits? Like you take the fire pit anywhere. That was the worst thing that ever happened because West Virginians will take them in their house. They're probably my long lost cousins. So yeah, well, it. yeah, or they'll fire up the kerosene heaters, the the space heaters in the house. You know, these are my people. This is where I live. These are my people. So. But I'm glad you're safe and warm this morning and as we record this. Grateful you joined me today. So let's start here. I've been asking folks, this is, and people say, Brian, this is always your starter question. I am always fascinated how in the last two years or so, the, the Intentional Encourager podcast was born in April of 2020, right during the, the start of the pandemic. I'm always curious to see how your life and your business has changed in the last two years. What are some things that changed about your business, your life, and what's one lesson 
that you learned during the last couple of years that will carry you forward in your business and your life? Let's start there for a minute. Whew. Well, we could take up your whole hour, buddy. Um, so the biggest change I had built, I started um, Add Value to Life Consulting in 2018 and, and built the entire business, networking, face-to-face, -face, you know, meeting people, <laughs> talking to people, having conversations over, you know, over a table, across, you know, across a room, whatever. Um, and so all of my clients up until March of 2020, I had met face-to-face and of course, I was starting a new group and we we were using a group coaching model. We met in boardrooms. So I, I rented boardrooms around around the city in different parts of the city. And my last new group was launching on March 17th of 2020 in a brand new part of town in a, in a boardroom I had just made arrangements to use. And of course, I was the only one that showed up. So <laughs> um, from that from that moment on, it it shifted into this, into this online space. And, and I know for a lot of people, the online space blew up and worked really well for them. And yeah. we struggled a bit. We struggled to, to create a, a client, a lead generation system that was effective and, and finding the right people. And so dabbled in, in Facebook and other Facebook ads and other things that, you know, felt like throwing money down a great big vacuum hole. Um, but the, the the truth is that it's created this great opportunity and it's taken us a little bit to lean into it and 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 get it right and and now i think things are coming together in a way that's you know really helping our business really helping um us find the work with the right people work with the people god intended us to you know robert but something oh go ahead no 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 i was just going to say the that was always the model that I had used for years in sales was the face-to-face, -face, the B2B, the getting in front of people. And, and I don't believe there's any substitute for that because there's real powerful connection built when, when people do that. And I, and I said this on your podcast when I was on your podcast that, you know, I learned that from my dad that people buy from people. They buy connection first and things like that. And, and I, I love the vulnerability that you shared with me, like, Hey, I was, I went to do this event and I was the only person there, you know? And, and it's like, I know there's gotta be business people, maybe small business owners that are listening that went to open the door to their business. And they were the only one that showed up that day when everything went down. Noel, I've got to ask you this from your perspective, because I know how my wife is. And, and I mean no disrespect, and, and, and please, ladies that are listening, don't take this disrespectfully. Guys and gals are wired different. Guys are just like, let's just plow through, let's just go out and get it done, blah, blah, blah. Ladies are more security and safety oriented, at least for, in my situation, that's how my wife is. She's more safety and security, or, security oriented. My mom, my mother-in-law, the ladies in my life that I know, they're, they're like that. And so maybe I'm kind of painting with a, you know, maybe my lens is a little more myopic. Take me through your thoughts and feelings around this time in the business because you, you, have, you, you support your husband, but you're walking in this thing with him side by side. What were your kind of thoughts and feelings at that time? I mean, honestly, I, I was uh, working a full-time job. I had... When 
when COVID hit, I was the training supervisor for the state of Colorado, leading a team of uh, six or seven trainers. And my focus was on on my job. And I worked you know well over the 40 hours a week, I'm sure. And I had spent you know two years supporting Robert in this journey of creating Add Value to Life and uh, allowing him to reach the people and do do his thing. I, I was the backbone, um, did the stuff behind the scenes, but I never I mean, put my faith in there. I, I never worried about what was going to happen, where we were at, what was going to go on. Um, and honestly, in those, those first couple of weeks, even my job was like, just home for a couple of weeks. We'll see you back here to, you know, in two or three weeks. So we'll, you know, we'll keep talking. And it just kept changing. It kept changing, kept migrating. And this, the world just kept adjusting to this new reality and it is what it is and we we just took on you know the virtual world as best we could to connect and maintain some of those connections and it took a while but you know now we we we're on so many calls during the week that it's hard to get from one meeting to another sometimes <laughs> Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. You know, that's, that is great. What you just said. I love, I love that perspective. Noel, you took on the virtual world the best you could. And, and, and I believe that's going to be when, when, when we look back 10 years from now and we go, okay, it, it, to me, and, and I'll say this, and, and I've only said this a couple of times in the podcast, but, but it's applicable here based on the answer that you just gave. Our generation looks at 9-11 as a seminal moment mm. in our lives, okay? Our kids' seminal moment is going to be the pandemic. That's going to be their 9-11. And I don't mean that to, to make that a flippant thing or things like that. I know for me, I'm 50 years old. When, I, when I'm 80 or 90, I'm going to still say, yeah, 9-11 was when everything changed for us. I think our kids are going to say, because they were little, my son was just turning a year old when that happened. This, the, the gen, you know, the Gen Z or the millennial generation, what, whatever you're calling them, they're going to look at COVID and they're going to say, that's when the world changed for us. Right. And so I love what you said about taking on the virtual world the best you could. Either one of you, let's go, let's go here for a second. Robert, you were talking about, 
you know, being face to face. And Noel, you you talked about that as well. You were leading a group of six or seven people. What began to change for you both to say, we both have to do our jobs in different ways and and continue to add value to people? Because Noel, you were leading people. Robert, you were still coaching people. So how were you able to take on the virtual world as best you could, but continue to add value, specific value that was relevant to the people that you were serving at that time? And for me, it was just maintaining the relationship and continuing to build on the relationships that I had in the office and not forgetting that they're humans and they're people and they have lives and it's intentional contact and intentional, I mean, your podcast says it all intentional encouragement. I mean, as a supervisor, purposefully looking for ways to have that communication and that encouragement and uplifting to encourage them to want to do their job, even though they're not being watched as such. Well, and for me, I think most of our clients made the transition to online pretty easily. And so um, that was that was you know, the Zoom meeting and the Google Meet and, you know, worked worked really well. Um and I think, in fact, even in the networking space, a lot of people started using, you know, online networking events. And now you're saving driving time. Now you're saving um, mm-hmm. from having to buy a lunch. And you're, I mean, so you're saving money, you're saving time. And and now your Audible account credits are, are rolling up because you're not riding in the car anymore using, listening to Audible. So Well, Robert, people figured out how to, you know, it, it, people figured out the business mullet, right? you know, business in the top, party in the back. People figured out how to wear a a jacket and shirt on top and joggers and slippers on the bottom. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's, you know, we, we learn, we learned how to be presentable from the torso to the head, you know, it's, it's, no, you, you, you raise a great point there. It feels like connection can get broken if it's not face to face, right? Because you and I are wired a lot the same way, Robert. I want to be in front of somebody, breaking bread, eating lunch, looking in their eyes, you know, talking with them face to face. For you, how did you have to adjust your style to continue to deliver that value across a computer screen rather than across a table? I had to. I had to learn to ask some different questions, right? Because I can read a you know, when we had group meetings and I'm in the room before anyone else gets there, I can read the room. I can read them as they walk in. How are they carrying their cup of coffee? What are they chatting about? You know, what, what are they showing up with? When we jump into a virtual room, everybody shows up at once and they're all sitting at their desk. And so you, you don't get the body language and you don't get the, you know, what's, what's going on in the world. And so you, you got to ask a couple more questions that you normally, you normally would pick up on without, you know, empathically rather than, you know, having to be intentional about, you know, hey, share, tell me what's, tell me what's happening in your, in your world because I can't read it. No, and that's a great point, Robert, because in, in a live setting, in a face-to-face setting, you can gauge engagement. You can, you know, and Noel, from your experience where you're leading people and you can, you're sitting across the table from them and doing training and things like that you both are very well skilled in being able to gauge engagement when you're in a virtual setting maybe half the people turn their cameras off 
maybe they're playing on their phones when they got their cameras off their their facebooking or whatever they're kind of they're kind of half checked in they're listening and you know or they're faking it till they make it you know but you're right it's hard to gauge engagement so so where did you feel like your strength increased and and both of you can answer this how did you increase your strengths and continue because value is different for everybody you know and and i've used this as an example and i I would love to get you guys' take on this i could win free big macs for a year from mcdonald's i don't like big macs i hate big macs yeah i don't like the special sauce i just i never have i never will but somebody else that you say well you have you give them free big macs for a year and if they they love them, they're just that, that's the most valuable thing in the world to them. To me, I could care less. Now, if you gave me free Chick Fil A for a year, you got my attention now. But value is different for different people. How do you continue to deliver different value to different people when engagement is hard to measure? Is it, am I am I asking that question correctly? I think so. I mean, what what I'm thinking is um, we all have a different love language. We all receive communication differently. And as a supervisor, it's it was my job to know how to communicate with each person and how to lift them up individually. So for me, I was very intentional in getting to know them personally and checking in on them personally. Wow, that's good, Noel. That's Text really messages, good. Text uh, messages, chats. I am very, I love the written the written word and the communication i am much more willing to send a text message or an email than to pick up the phone i'll talk to you if you call me but i'd rather you just email me so i can i can think <laughs> through my words as i yeah. write them out um and so for me it was very much a google chat a google message or a text message if it was after hours of how are you how is your daughter and keeping a personal perspective on each person so they knew I cared about them individually and also in their work. So when I was critiquing their work, it wasn't negative. They took it as feedback and learning. And we were all working in this environment together because they knew I cared about them individually. That is so good. That is so good. Because, you know, what I said in People Buy from People is people by observation. You noticed that my daughter did something or, hey, listen, um, you know, I've, I noticed this and I just want to tell you how much it impacted me or something like that. That's brilliant. Did you find, let me follow up on that. Robert, just, just take it, take a, take a minute and just kind of relax. I, I want to follow up. But yeah, I want to follow up with Noel on that because that is so powerful. People just knowing that you were observing not just the work. I think sometimes leaders get so tunnel visioned in focusing on the quality of the work. And Robert, well, yeah, Robert, jump in here as well, too, if you've got a thought on that. We get so focused as, as leaders get so focused on the tunnel vision of the work that when they observe something from a personal standpoint, you know, I think we've become, forgive me for kind of the long-winded thing here, we've become... So I can't say that to them. Like, Noel, I've noticed you have beautiful nails. The, those nails, that you, th- those are beautiful nails. Yes, 
But we've almost become afraid to compliment people because they'll take it the wrong way when it's really trying to connect with them and be observant because that's important to that other person. If they didn't care about their appearance, if you didn't care about how you looked, you wouldn't have gotten your nails done. I wouldn't have fixed my hair. I did put on a good hoodie for you guys, though. But, yeah, Robert, the same thing. I like the shirt. You know, that's the thing is I think we're so sensitive about giving sincere compliments and observing and noticing and trying to use that to connect with people that sometimes we as you know leaders will go, well, I just got to focus on the work. It's all about the quality of the work. It's all about this or that. For you both, how do you stay observant personally and still walk with your teams professionally? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to, I think one of the biggest shifts that's happened with me moving into this coaching space, right? I, I spent 20 years in ministry helping in this area of discipleship and thinking about Christians growing as disciples and growing in the disciplines, right? The, the study, the Bible, meditate all these left brain activities to, to grow their character. And what I've come to recognize is the emotional side has been shut off in a lot of cases. And I think this applies in the corporate space, the entrepreneur space as well is, you know, we've been telling men all these years, you know, don't be angry, ignore those emotions. Don't cry. Don't, and all these right brain side things where joy happens is are, are being turned off. And, and it's interesting. I just recently learning how much the word joy, the definition of joy, it really has to do with God's face shining upon you. And, and when you, you get that idea of the face-to-face -face interaction where our joy is built up, when we see another person's face, when we when we scan a room and you see a person that likes that that sees you across the room and smiles and says, "Oh, there's my friend," and then you you know encounter each other and that's how you fill up your joy tank. But the the brain science now is starting to show that a low joy brain will not change its character. And so, if you're trying to grow and develop and become a better leader, that it cannot happen in a low joy environment and and it's multiplied when you're experiencing joy and so now we're you know, now I am I'm shifting to this space where where I want to help people experience joy because that helps them experience growth and and it's just amazing to me first of all obviously scriptures got all kinds of evidence of this but now the science the neuroscience is is once again confirming scripture at a, yeah. at a microscience level. And I think a big piece of what, what we've started working with with clients has so much more to do with their joy and helping them find the joy that's inside them and start encouraging that. But it really does happen in face-to-face -face interaction. It really does happen through a, a joy-bonded connection, through you know not just these Facebook connections and friends and no, it happens through that interaction of eyeball to eyeball, smile to smile, hug, loves, hugs, <laughs> and and virtual doesn't quite get it, but it but it can get close because obviously you can see each other's face and there's a lot of power in the face. Hey 
Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Um, and just that our, our granddaughter's eight, eight coming up on eight months old and, and the reality of what happens to a baby if it never sees a smiling face, what happens to a baby that's, that's raised without that attachment, without that connection to somebody, to their mother. And of course, all of the things that can happen for that poor child, because their life is lived in fear. It's lived in fear based on, I've never seen a smiling face i've never experienced joy wow, and so that's... my goal is to help fill up people's joy tank because joy is where resiliency rides if you have a joy tank that's full and you deal with struggles you can face them in a much different way you can face your business challenges your family challenges and we need to be fueling our brain with joy and and it's crazy how much the science now is saying, Woo, this is so true. This is a new dashboard yeah. that we've got to add. And, and then the right brain and the left brain are both being empowered. And guess what happens? You're, you're using your whole brain to grow. You're using your whole brain to take care of your family. You're using a whole brain to run your business and, and incredible things can happen. And so many people and us included feel like a lot of that stuff was, oh, that's just woo-woo, right? Because yeah. I'm used to all the facts, right? Give me the science, give me the facts. And and the truth is, the more you delve into this woo-woo space, the more you're like, man, this stuff, it works and it's right. And it's, and so, you know, I'm a huge Dale Carnegie advocate, like using somebody's name. I'm, you know, we talked about that before when somebody's wearing a name tag, they're wearing it for a reason. Yeah. Talk to them by name, use their name. And, you know, being able to say somebody's name, being able to smile and being able to ask them something about their family, not because, not, not just flippantly, right? But because you really do legitimately want to know, how's your kids? How's your family? And then, of course, when you come back later and you say, hey, what's going on with your kids? Because you remember it, that that impacts their heart. Oh, it's it, powerful, Robert. It, it's powerful. And, and that, I love what you said about tapping into joy from a leadership standpoint because what happens is we can't celebrate unless we have something to celebrate and i heard an interview with with bengal's quarterback joe burrow they were talking about losing the super bowl and and he said that he heard kurt warner say a quarterback hall of fame quarterback he said listen when we lost the super bowl one year I didn't allow myself to celebrate what we had accomplished getting there. And looking back, I wanted to, and, and that's what Burrow said. He said, I wanted to celebrate what we'd accomplished 
with my teammates. We did something really, really special. And, and in life, it feels like we can't celebrate unless we have won, right? We've won the ultimate. Because you hear people say, well, there's no moral victories in business. You know, if we missed our goal, we missed our goal. There's no moral victories. Well, what if we missed our goal, but we did 40% more than what we did last year? Exactly. You know, we missed our goal, but we we still, man, we still had a really, really good year from a revenue and profitability and sales growth standpoint. And it's almost like leaders feel like we can't celebrate unless we win. How do you guys coach leaders in still finding those ways to celebrate even when the goal wasn't quite met? or even when the achievement wasn't quite there. Because you're right, babies, you talk about your grand your grandchild. Babies don't care about wins and losses. They just want you to show up. They just want you to be there when they put the little their little arms out and you pick them up. That's a win for them. You know, they don't care that you didn't make your sales goal. They didn't, they don't care that you didn't make your number. Did you, are you here? Did you show up? How do you continue to tell people and coach people into finding value even when the goal isn't met? I think we should throw out a fun one. So let's talk about your goal to be a stay-at-home grandma. I was going to go somewhere else, but so in, in Ooh, 2018. stay-at-home grandma. I like that. So in 2018. You're way too young to be a grandma, by the way, Noel. Robert, you. you know, he, he can, <laughs> you know, guys like Robert and I, we kind of fit the bill. You know, you're way too young to be a stay-at-home grandma. I appreciate that. Um, in 2018, when we made a list of um, bucket list, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? And I was still working. I had no, I had no end date in mind at the time, and I had written down be a stay-at-home grandma. Part of the problem is that was not a very specific goal. When COVID hit. I got to be a stay-at-home grandma, but I still had a job. So it it took another couple of years uh, for me to to be what I had intended is to be a stay-at-home grandma with the flexibility to take care of my grandkids as needed. Um, but that was my goal. And for me, the other perspective, I think, is to celebrate every little thing. You can't wait till the end of the goal to be celebrating. You need to be encouraging and lifting up and celebrating every step of the way. Did you accomplish what you needed to today? Did you, did this task get done or this task was earlier than it was expected, but looking at everything, every little part of the goal and the task and not just the end results. Well, I, so think, cool. I think the yeah. grandma one is just, you know, for us, it was, it became a point of humor, right? A point of, celebration oh yes she's a stay-at-home grandma with a job <laughs> like whoever, whoever thought that would be a thing right <laughs> well see now people are becoming grandparents much much earlier i think of grand you know i think if i became a grandfather i'd have to be walking around going to sunny in my day we didn't do these things you know sit down and be quiet you know but no it's i love that noel what was that thing i i gotta i gotta pull out a little more conversation around that for you, what was that joy spark? And Robert said it so beautifully, that that tapping into joy. 
for you, do you remember that moment where you said, this is something that I really want to do? And what made you decide to want to be a stay-at-home grandma? Just, you know, because some people would say, well, I'm tired of working or I've done this, you know, I've raised my kids and now it's time to enjoy life, things like that. You've got some people in that boat and, and that's great. Do you, you do you. I want to know from your perspective where that 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 kind of source came from and that spark to be specific and go, I want to be a stay-at-home grandma. So I grew up with my grandparents. I had two grandparents and three great-grandparents through my formative years. And having the ability to have them around really impacted my life. And when my grandson was born, it was a joy to have him. He lived with us for the first, what, two, three years. And we got to see his beautiful face every day. It was the best thing in the morning. You can't imagine just waking up to that joy every morning at our, you know, in, in your late forties. And it's just, it was just a glorious thing. It, I struggled when my daughter moved out and became an adult on her own because I lost our grandchild. But the moment we went over to their house that very first day, this four-year-old, four or five-year-old at the time, dropped everything, turned off the TV, dropped his toys, his dinner, whatever he had, and ran up to us to give us a hug. That was the moment that was like, all right, this is going to work. This is okay. And I, this is, this is the joy I want to feel forever. Wow. That is so, that is so cool because you, you got to experience something that most people, you know, it's, it, there are situations where the kids and, and the grandkids have to be with the grandparents because of extenuating circumstances. But you found the inspirational part in that. I admire you for that because, again, that is so cool. So, Robert, piggybacking off of that real quick, where can leaders, how can leaders find that simple inspiration on a day-to-day -day basis. Noel found it waking up and seeing your grandson. Where can leaders find that simple inspiration that helps them show up and be better for their people day in and day out? Gratitude. Gratitude is the most powerful tool that a leader can use. And, and they can use it in two ways, right? First for themselves, right? What are the things they're grateful for? But more importantly, with their team, thinking specifically about what are the things they're grateful for. You know, it's easy to get caught up in your team. Oh man, they missed this or they didn't do that. And you get caught up in the next meeting going in there saying, Oh, I got to talk about all the crap they didn't do. But what if you started that conversation with, man, I appreciate this about you. And I appreciate this about you. And then you talk about the numbers. How does that shift the way your team sees things? Right. So gratitude can be really powerful in changing your perspective on the situation, but even more powerful when you share it with others and you're you're intentional about telling them the very specific things that you appreciate about them. And and to take it to another level, right? If a leader is able to do that, what happens when the team can do that and the team can intentionally share gratitude with each other for themselves and, and for the other members of their team? how much does that change? Because like you talked about earlier, they don't talk about this stuff. They don't talk about their feelings. They don't talk about, and this is a chance to, to, to be intentional about putting that. That's what fills up somebody's joy tank. Yeah. When your team says, 
you know, Brian, I, I really appreciate you for that hoodie, man. I, I think that, that hoodie, you're rocking it today. Right. And, and it, it doesn't have to be corny, right? It can be legit, just like with a grocery store clerk, or, you know, we talk about somebody wearing their name tag and, and be honest about, like you said, their nails, ah, oh, they, man, you know, say their name, wow, Noel, those nails look amazing, right? How often do you get those done? And, and I think that there's definitely opportunities to show appreciation. And when you express appreciation, especially after you've done your own gratitude work, and you're filling up your joy tank and then you're passing it on to others and filling up their joy tank. And then they can pass it on to others and, and when, out to the clients. And when their joy tank is full, when the numbers stink and, and don't go where they're supposed to, they can, they have a whole different perspective on it because their joy tank gives them resiliency. So good. So good. I love it. I wrote down the, 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 the most powerful tool a leader can use and, and, you're going to want it, leaders, you're going to want to hit rewind. What Robert just said, you're going to want to hit rewind and use that, that piece absolutely free. You can use that, that Robert just gave you to, to, to encourage and transform your team. Robert Noel, tell folks where they can find you. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the add value to that. And that's the number two add value to life.com. Where else can folks find you? So I'm on social media with into R2 Peterson everywhere. Yeah. And, and we've got a free tool, free gift that we give away, helps people audit their calendar and figure out their dream, right? What is the, what are the elements of their life? They really want to be, do have give and leave. And that, that free visioneering, we call it visioneering. Your future is at addvaluemindset.com. Awesome. So we want to take advantage of that tool, addvaluemindset.com. And so you want to take advantage of that as well. I was just jotting that down. I was running out of, I was running out of places to write because <laughs> I'd taken so many notes, Robert and Noel Peterson. We've got another part coming up folks. So you want to, you want to stay tuned when, when part two of this episode comes out. But again, Robert, Noel, thank you for joining me today on the intentional encourage podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.